Welcome to El Desvío, many roads, one destination. Encountering challenges, making decisions, confronting struggles, and better understanding the reasons for polarizing positions are but a part of being engaged in our nation's ability to discuss and advance towards a more inclusive and fair society. However, there is no set formula to achieve these objectives. Liz Vio presents listeners with 30 minutes of thought-provoking discussions on relevant issues we face as a nation. Bueno, mi gente, welcome back to El Desvío, Many Roads, One Destination. Today we have a special episode titled, The Sazón, The Labor Movement, a recipe for advancing and leading within the labor movement. March, as you know, is Women's History Month, a special time that we set aside to dedicate to the accomplishments and contributions, the roles that women play within the labor movement, and of course, the issues that affect them. Jose, this is definitely a very exciting and important episode. Today, we will hear from Clayola Brown, who is the president of the A. Philip Randolph Institute, APRI, and she was also recently appointed as the AFL-CIO's Civil, Human, and Women's Rights Director. Congratulations, Clayola. Denise Berkeley, Statewide Executive Vice President, who we also congratulate today. She was elected for this position last month, previously serving as the Statewide Secretary for the Civil Service Employees Association. We also hear from the fabulous and talented Elise Bryant, president of the Coalition of Labor Women, and last but not least, LACLA's first woman national president, Yanira Merino. Thank you all for taking part in this important discussion. On March 8th, International Women's Day, Andrea and I had the opportunity to sit and listen to all these powerful women talk. They spoke about their role as working women, their role within their unions, the battles they've led, challenges that they've overcome, and most importantly, how they've accomplished their goals. Basically, they shared their recipe to advancing and leading in this labor movement. And today, you are the beneficiaries of this strategy. Correct, Jose, and leading the conversation that took place on March 8th, was Lucia Gomez, political director of the New York City Central Labor Council. Gracias, Lucia. Oh, it was truly my pleasure. Thank you, Lakla. This was an amazing opportunity to discuss the issues that we face as women, women of color, women in the labor movement, but of course, women living amid this unprecedented pandemic. Now, before we listen to the conversation I have with these mujerones, Andrea and Jose, I'd like to throw a few numbers at you in our audience. So according to the National Women's Law Center, more than 2.3 million women in the U.S. have left the workforce since February of last year. This has dropped women's labor participation to its lowest levels since the late 1980s. And get this, to make matters worse, one in four women are considering leaving the workforce or downshifting their careers. Okay, I have to apologize in advance for being such a Debbie Downer, but she goes, I want to add that all this is happening while racial and gender wage gaps persist. That is correct. And being the only man in the room, I would like to add that the wage disparity is unfair. 
it's discriminatory and affects our entire communities. Currently, women in the U.S. earn on average 82 cents for every dollar made by men. For Latina workers, it's just 58.7. And for black women, 63.6 of what non-white Hispanic men earn. Yep, but as we will learn today, there are women who are in la lucha for all of us. There are unions which, which can help us achieve wage parity. And that is all I will say. No more spoiler alerts. Now let's dive right into it. Women's secret recipe for advancing and leading from the heart as we listen to Las Chicas by our talented union sister, Liliana Herrera. Today is an amazing day, but every day is an amazing day when there's women um, as strong as all of you uh, working in our communities and kind of uh, leading by example, I would say more than anything, because that's one of those things that I love uh, to use in my every day is, you know, lead by example and, and be that um, be that wisdom and be that leadership uh, that we hope everyone else can practice. And so I know this conversation is going to take us in great places and, and hopefully in great directions. So we're, today is International Women's Day. What a great time to kind of sit and have a, a wonderful conversation with all of you. Um, I know that um, as in the political realm of New York City, uh, day in and day, mm. never not a struggle. <laughs> And more so in this climate that we're in and so many changes that have taken place in the last couple of weeks, but more so in the last couple of years that I think has taken us in some great directions, uh, both uh, in the city of New York, as well as the state and in the country. And so this, you know, our, our place in labor doesn't, um, it doesn't really change uh, that conversation ever, ever ever more when you're talking about being workers and being women, especially in the last year of the pandemic, mm -hmm. I think women have shown majestic, majestic um, skills in being able to manage it all, whether you're a mom at home with kids or you're at work managing staff or taking care of, you know, um, parents and siblings that get COVID and all the things that we've had to struggle this year. Wonder Women is, is not a, just a cliche, it is what we naturally do. And, um, you know, I, I would, I want to kind of start a little bit there, right? Because I feel like we idealize this Wonder Woman, right? Um, this person who can get it all done, who's there for everyone, who takes care of everything. Um, and I think more so women in labor have to manage all of that and be able to still be real and be leaders and be able to lead by example and yet have self-care and understand what it's like um, to manage it all, but still be there for the movement and see through it all. Uh, so I kind of want to start a little bit of our conversation about what it means not just to be a, a woman within the labor movement, um, but what it means to be a Wonder Woman. Elise, chime in because I'm looking straight at you. Alrighty, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's an honor and pleasure to be here. Hola to uh, mi hermanas. And I, I I you know usually start with a song. So the one that came to my mind was uh, <laughs> Bienvenidos todos. 
los sindicalistas. Démosnos la mano y fuerza es tu unión. Welcome, union members. Honored to be in your presence. And thinking about, you know, the whole Wonder Woman thing is just, you know, there's a saying out now that's like, you know, uh, a hero without a cape or a shero without a cape. And that's true of every woman that is sitting here and, and this on this panel. I mean, each and every one of you, I can just say, you are one of my sheroes. And I know what it takes to be a shero. You know, none of this, this cape nonsense or in person. Mm. I mean, we have to work hard. And that's okay because we are the people who change the geographical face of America. I mean, we are the ones that were here in the in the in the fields and the mines and the mills and every place else taking care of other people's children. So hard work is nothing new to us. Uh, and that's what we do. But it really to me, the all of this is about uh, making it possible for more women to be active and engaged in their union. And as the president of the Coalition of Labor Union, my number one thing when I was elected president was, you know, we have to put our house in order. We also got to get training and education out there because in order for women to step into leadership positions, they need that training. They need them as I was able to do informally. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be here if there were other people. I'm standing on the shoulders of some really strong women and some men as well. So I think that that's absolutely essential in terms of the work that we're doing. We have to buy the training and education and, and the breathing time, the take care of self time. Because mm -hmm. so many of us will just push and push and push until our health is gone. And that's not right either. Wow, that's 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 right. I mean, you know, working hard is never one of those things that we don't do. Um, house in order, absolutely. I want to invite, you know, I, I would say Clayola, if you can talk to us a little bit about this house in order, this, you know, labor movement, this, you know, working hard and being Wonder Woman in time of pandemic. I, I started to laugh because like our houses at home for many of us, uh, there's always the task of making sure that everything gets put in an orderly fashion, uh, which is totally different than house in order. We may get that once a month or every now and again, if we're really aggravated about something, I can clean a house when I'm mad and it gets done really well then. And anybody in that house, you too, you know, right? You yes, too, you know? yes. Yeah, if that energy is flowing because someone has ticked you off the wrong way, <laughs> everything gets done. And I think that Trump ticked us off the right yes. way. And that in our own house of labor, we have been ticked off the right way from time to time. So women... <laughs> who are perceived to be shy we're not shy we're just strategizing that's all oh, yeah. waiting to be smart because Jeez. anybody can get real mad and jump but to get mad enough to do what you're talking about lucia which is putting stuff in order is what women do best especially when we do it collectively because you guys were saying early on, we don't have capes that we can put on our magic lariat or any of that stuff that we can whip and make things cling and chang and run and all the rest of it. But I tell you what, we do have something that folks recognize no matter what color or what language we are. 
women speak a universal language of silence. We can look mm -hmm. at folks and stop them dead in their tracks because they know the most dangerous thing in the world is a quiet woman yes. who yes. is sitting there, but she's smiling. Um, okay. And, and can I just say, Clayola, that's a great, that's a great segue for me at least to say how much I enjoyed meeting Yanita in when I did a couple of years back and that look said it all. I was, I felt like a little kid just waiting for, you know, to be given direction and stride. And she just needed to look at me and say, you're, you're, you're gonna hear me out. Right. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. Absolutely. Anything. You say. And it was more because I saw the conviction, the commitment. I saw like that strength in her desire to see things move in a, in an order and I'm sorry you needed just to call you out on this one but you know that stare me down like oh I'm I was feeling it penetrate oh that was great I've and, seen that look yes and you know Yanita when when you know we all put our minds together and strategize and our our you know wheels are turning we don't need to say much we know exactly you know where things need to be placed and yet it's not easy even if we know in our hearts where things need to go, it is not easy. Yanita, how do you get us there? How have we, how have you, you know, through the movement gotten yourself there to a point where I can even say what I'm saying? Well, thank you. And it's so nice to be with all my sisters here. Um, hey, look, it's about, it's about love at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, my mother brought us from a country uh, the first time I was 14. She put me in a train from Guadalajara, Mexico to Tijuana, undocumented. Uh, my mother didn't have, I think fifth grade education was the most that she had, but she had a vision that her family was going to survive no matter what, that passion. I don't wanna say that she, was, she wasn't scared because I'm sure she was. I was only 14. She was putting me in the train that was gonna almost a day and a half, but she had a vision for the future. And it's that love and it's that passion that really, that love that we have for our family, for our human fellows, whether they're women or men, uh, that we know we want something better, if not for us, for those that we gave life, that love and that heart into achieving what is best for humankind. We base it in the closest people that would love. And I think in the labor movement, that's what it had become. When we meet new and younger generations that are trying to do, I'm sure that all of us run to enrich that experience because we know that we were there once, but we also, that we have to build from the future. Wow, I mean, you know, when you say love, Yanira, I'm like, gosh, so much, so much I want to love sometimes, but I just can't. You know, the, the, I, I love, 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 and I want to love every single damn day. And yet at the same time, and Denise, please enlighten us, because how do you love through a movement that also, you know, sometimes doesn't listen, sometimes isn't watching, sometimes isn't, you know, at the same time, you know, we know that we're part of the same movement that's trying to equal the playing field, that is the is the recipe for, for, you know, especially for women, it is the natural equalizer, right? On Saturday, yes. 
we know that women are faring better in unions than in not in unions, right? Yes. Our labor movement. But, you know, how, how do we both want the best for our children and our families and our homes and our communities, and yet still can be angry because there's so much that still needs to be done? But you, but you know what, Yanira, love, love can be also an anger. I, I, I look at this whole, this whole year, this whole pandemic from a spiritual way, from reaching out. I love what Yanira said about love. Even the God that we worship, he gets angry. God hates injustice. So it be love right there showing it that way. We have to have that. We can be walking in a room, we're showing that love, but we're fighting injustice. We've, we're showing love by helping other, other sisters, other women come into our labor movement. We have no choice with that. And I, I'm thinking this whole year, how love reaching out to other sisters. It was a rough year for everybody. And showing love by calling, showing love by listening, showing love by talking, showing love by all the Zoom, that we've been doing, we all probably been zoomed out this entire year, but we've been reaching each other a different way, showing that love, educating like what Elise said, showing that love. And even though, Lucia, we can have anger and we got, we need righteous anger. We have a right to be angry, but we can also show that love and bring it within the union movement. Our goal is like what Yanira said, bringing younger women into the labor movement also, those sisters out there who are not in the labor movement, mm -hmm. those who are not, they are not in unionized jobs. We have to have that connection. So all of that, but that's about love. Loving sisters, loving other women, supporting, encouraging, listening, talking to, and letting them give us advice also on how to move our labor movement. It is all based on that. So I look at from the spiritual end and I look at from the labor end, that combination. And Yanira is absolutely right. It's about love and loving other women, other labor leaders, other labor members, all of that. It's about love. And we know that the future, even within the pandemic, is super bright, right? We have, you know, organizing happening throughout the country, you know, even with the naysayers that say, you know, labor's dying and it's getting smaller. I, I see more and more energy out there and more yes. women in the front lines. They have been in the past supportive roles, but I'm seeing them in the front lines. I'm seeing them now, I'm seeing the labor language going from White House halls down. Yes. The, I am feeling it in the, the energy is real. And so what do we say? There's so much collective history and uh, passion and engagement in the labor movement, you know, amongst all of you, what do we say to that, you know, generation of women out there that either in the labor movement, not in the labor movement, how open are we really and how are our ranks really allowing women leadership every single day to kind of rise? I want women to feel it and know that the, how, where we are with the labor movement right now and the women. It's a fight but it's also about love, it's about commitment, it's about un understanding injustice. It's about understanding yourself, understanding that you want to be part of that, that you want to be part of making the world for everybody, not only yourself, your family, the loved ones, but everybody a better place to be. Because you want to leave this earth 
thinking that you did something to make it better. Um, and I think for younger women is to, which brings so much energy. I learned so much as I had learned from you. As the president of LACLA, I have met so many, so many strong women in all of the groups that we work with, with the hope to make a change. And I think that's what it is. We have to have hope that we can make that change. And our younger generation have to see that. So that's why it is our duty to portray that. I think that if we don't nurture one another, we're giving up. We have a responsibility because there was always someone or something that encouraged us to keep on moving. When we become so self-involved that we don't see anything around us, then we give up and we lose. Young women are always watching. Older women are also watching because there is a future with the young women. There's a future and a legacy from the older women. The mix is there, but the reality purely is if we recognize the strength that comes from working together and encouraging one another. And as Denise was saying so eloquently, if we do this from the right place inside of us, it, the message is translated quite readily. I'm the first woman to be president of the A. Philip Randolph Institute. Walking into those spaces are not always easy, but when you walk in and you think you know everything, then you're gonna fail. But if you walk in with your hands extended so that others feel welcome to come and help you, it makes a difference. The biggest part is remembering that so that you can do the same for other sisters and sometimes other brothers too. And I'm encouraged by today's labor movement. This is our time. We have leadership at the level that we've never had before. The presidency, the House, and the Senate. And a sister who is vice president of the United States of America, who happens to be a sister of color. Oh, my God. To sit there and realize all the tools that are there, that's an amazing feat. And if we don't step up to the plate, every single woman, young, old, in between, and the ones that are lying about their age, <laughs> to make sure that everyone has a shot at pitching in and making this movement the best that it can be, we lose the opportunity that's before us. And this is the last thing I will say. Folks cannot be what they can't see. We hear folks saying that all the time. It is there for people to see it and recognize it. And it's up to women who really believe in strength, growth, and assisting one another to make that crystal clear and to open that door as wide as we possibly can to assure them that it's okay. We got you. We got you. And one thing that you said, I, I'm curious, and, and as a final thought for all of you, you know, what is that one thing that has motivated you to stay in the movement or to forge through the challenges and the obstacles? What's that one thing that continues to motivate you today to be here and being in leadership and taking on the fight? Yeah, yeah. Elise, I walked on you the last time I yield, and I'll come back later. 
I was going to turn it to Denise in case she wanted to jump <laughs> before I started singing or something. Go ahead, sing me the song, Elise, but tell me what, what has motivated you. The women who've gone before me. Yeah. You know, my grandmother who, who didn't get to learn to read or write, much less vote. Uh, my mother who voted for the first time in like 1965, and it was because of what was happening in what we saw watching in, on television in Detroit, what was happening in the South, and people trying to vote. Uh, it's the struggle of the of the um, farm workers union, and the inspiration of Dolores Huerta, um, and the coalition labor union women, all those women who came together in 1974, and envisioned and demanded a change, mm. and that that demand is still there. Yeah, uh, we are 51% of the population. We're not 51% of the leadership in our unions. We're not 51% of the Congress or the Senate. I guess, guess the president, we got the half of the vice president. Well, you know what I mean? And I think that we just have more work to do. And that's okay, because that's what we that's what I'm here for. Absolutely. And I, I will, I will, to my last breath, do whatever I can to not only help train, but give the next generation opportunity to lead. Yes. Let go of the reins and place them in the hands. Yes. I'm inspired yes. by Randolph. We, Clue, the Coalition Labor Union, we're going to have a yes. young women workers conference where they're going to plan the workshops. They're going to pick the instructors. And we're doing the same thing at the Labor Heritage Foundation with the Great Labor Arts Exchange. We're going to have a day when the next generation folks are in charge and not us. We give them that, yes. and that opportunity to feel the reins of leadership in their hands. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa, I agree with you totally. Um, I think many of us, I'm so blessed to be here tonight. I see the Shiro's, I see Clayola, I see Elise. Yanira, I'm meeting you for the first time. But just to be in the room with CBTU, and I remember watching Clayola and other so many, many, many sisters and saying, wow, I can do that. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's possible. I don't have to be afraid. Um, I can learn some tools. I can learn how to write a resolution. I can learn how to speak on a mic. I can learn how to run for office. And we have to see that. Yes. Have to prepare young woman. You're not by yourself. We are there with you. Mm -hmm. see you. Many of us are the first, us sitting here in, in our unions, but we will not be the last. That's right. Have to have women of color on all levels of leadership within the labor movement, every single level. That's what keeps me motivated. And when I see young, beautiful sisters who are trying and they want to learn, encouraging them, mentoring them, and letting them know you are the visionaries in 10, 5, 10, 15 years, you're here. And we'll give you all the support you need to be here. We are not going to leave you by yourself. It's a big fight, like Yanira said. It's a hard fight, but we got you. And we that's what keeps me motivated all of this year. Yeah. That's what keeps me motivated. Thank you. <laughs> and, and I want to thank everyone. I want to thank Lakla for, you know, having hey. and be in yeah. this conversation. I know this was long overdue, and I'm sure we'll be taking this, you know, backstage at another point in time. But thank you so much. Uh, for joining us today and sharing your thoughts and experiences. So thank you. Lucia, that was such an amazing conversation. And I, for one, feel inspired because I can also relate to everything that was said. Yanira nos divulgó 
um, or she made public the secret, her love, this amazing love that we share as mujeres. This love is what drives me, uh, Andrea, as an individual, as a mother um, who seeks uh, to make our world uh, a better one for my kids and for their kids. That's my takeaway today, that love does move mountains um, and that therefore we can draft our own more inclusive next chapter within women's history. Ladies, as Crayola pointed out, you do speak a universal language of silence. Indeed, it can be unsettling to witness, but by the same token, that is what keeps us as a society, as families, as communities moving forward. It's all your leadership. And as Denise said, it's okay to be angry, but what an amazing way of channeling that anger. Women continue to break glass ceilings within the labor movement, within our nation's politics, just to name a couple. These achievements prove that this recipe is powerful and it is an honor to be part of La Lucha. And I also believe that my role is one of supporting and amplifying your message. And I'll add my moraleja here, which is we all need to support each other and acknowledge the contributions of all our sisters in the labor movement. I encourage me and Manos to say with me, in much the same way Creole Express, we got you all. Andrea and Jose, this was a great discussion. My moraleja is that we are where we are today because of those heroes who opened doors for us years ago. And as Elise said, we stand on the shoulders of what women before us have done, and some men as well. Now, the leadership of women has paved the way for us and our responsibilities to pay it forward, as Yanira said, with this love that we innately feel and which is a powerful driving force that unites us. And that unity turns into a driving force capable of significant change. We've seen it. As a woman in the labor movement, I echo this call to younger generations to join us. That's amazing, Lucia. Thank you for taking time to host this very special and important episode. Also want to take the opportunity and thank our guests, Denise, Crayola, Elise, and our leader, Yanira. Thank you for your leadership, for your strength, and your resilience. And guess what? Hemos llegado al final. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Y hasta la próxima. That's it for now. Be sure to follow us at LACLA, that is L-C-L-A-A, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And visit our website, www.lacla.org. LACLA's El Desvío podcast is a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network, the voice of working people. To learn more about issues that affect workers, visit laborradionetwork.org. This podcast was made possible by the support of the AFL-CIO and the Si Podemos Fund, LACLA's national C4 organization.